it didn't listen to me. It walked out of the thicket, it turned around and looked at me. They looked up and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. And suddenly they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop and he's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like ripping up thing. Their, their, their face is like twitching. to Bigfoot Society, a podcast where we focus on cryptids, the strange, and the unexplained of this world. If you've got a story or something weird to share, send an email over to me at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. And now, on with the show. All right, Bigfoot Society, thanks for coming back uh, for another episode. We've got a new friend here, Ryan Cavallini from Legend Hunters Films. How's it going today, Ryan? I'm terrific. Thank you for having me on. I know we've been chatting for a while to be on. I was like, I got to be on. (laughs) (laughs) I think I bugged you for like months. Dude, you got to have me on, man. (laughs) He was was very persuasive. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you... Listeners, you can try that, and just bugging me won't like that's not a you'll get on thing. So, no, not everyone start start bugging me, but like I was like, send okay. money, and I, yeah, oh, then it I might checked out. Move you up not the list, right? Oh boy, <laughs> um, I checked out the the movies because uh, you sent me uh, some copies to review of uh, each of the Mountain Devil films. And I was like, oh my goodness, I have so many questions. Uh, These are incredible. So definitely had to have Ryan on. And a lot of uh, people that I respect in the community uh, were were starting to actually put your name, when I would ask for people to interview, Mm -hmm. it was really weird. It was like a synchronicity type thing. A lot of people would start uh, saying your name. So if you were paying off people to answer, the, you know, you did a good job. But nah, I'm just I have kidding. no money. It was uh, synchronous. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Ryan, what are some other things that uh, you would want listeners to know about yourself to kind of put the foundation down before we start chatting? Oh, I've been a filmmaker for over 20 years. You know, I've, I've got I've dabbled in horror movies, the comedies. I've produced, directed written edit i kind of have my own little studio here and i've been doing it for years and then about 2010 i I thought about getting into documentaries more and that's what led me into the bigfoot world and the whole bigfoot community and uh to this day i'm now a big bigfooter i i I love it it's it's what's the right word um it's a different world than, than the regular filmmaking i do but i really enjoy it you know i enjoy the people i enjoy the whole quest to see you know is bigfoot real or not you know it is a quest it it really is is. it's a road that you can go down for sure so that's interesting ryan you started what drew you into the community was uh making the films uh was there an aspect where you know maybe you saw a certain bigfoot film that that set set things off for you or maybe there was you know as a little kid you used to watch bigfoot stuff or anything like that um it was funny i had shot a lot of horror movies and i was just kind of getting tired of it and just needed a break and uh another friend of mine's like you you should try a monster movie and i'm like ah i don't know and i and i thought one day it was about 2010 i'm like bigfoot no, no one does much about bigfoot I always thought that was a West Coast thing. I never thought it was an East Coast thing. And so I, I did some Googling and found out that Pennsylvania has this whole Bigfoot community here. And I was like, get out of here. In my own backyard, there's Bigfooting going on. And there's these groups. And so I reached out to a lot of them. And I, uh, one group came back to me. His name was Denny Calise and his wife. And uh, one day he's like, you got Bigfoot in your backyard. I said, what? <laughs> here there were all these cases that were near my area. I never knew a thing about it. 
So one snowy day, he drove up in his Bronco and he took me out where they had sightings and reports, which were like within an hour distance of my house. And I'm like, then I got hooked, you know, I'm like, get out of here. Like people are seeing Bigfoot, like not far from where I was living. So we became really good friends and he would, he would take me out every time they had a report and I just started filming them. And then he introduced me to more Bigfooters in the area and uh, the groups and uh, it's very large. I, I, it was like, this is like a clubhouse <laughs> and, and I was oh, the really outsider, <laughs> you know, and I was starting to, to like get learn people and uh, I would hang out and go on their night investigations and, uh, and at one point I just kind of shelved it I'm like I don't know what this is and I'm filming you guys out doing bigfooting so <clears throat> the more I filmed I'm like you know this movie is really about them and like no one knows it had a big picture of the bigfoot community and I thought this is what the first film kind of is you know them mm. looking for tracks getting sounds and wood knockings and the whole charade of things and then uh i'd gone with them for about two years just out filming <coughs> excuse me so i would just follow them and just go out for a good two years and then this case came along that was not far from my house which was the frank peterson story which Frank Peterson really isn't his name. We had to change everything. But it was just a very in-depth story that I'm like, this would work great with what we were doing. Like, here's Bigfooting 101. This is about Bigfooting in the communities and what they do. But here on the side, we had a story to tell. And I thought that was great because, you know, even with a documentary, you have to have a story there. What's what's the solid piece to it, you know? So I just kind of combined the two. But, um, yeah, for two years, I, I was eat sleeping and breathing bigfooting it was out like every weekend putting trail cams up like i became indulged in it to a very high degree and to this day i'm still into it but not like back then like in 2010 to 13 i was like engulfed with bigfooting and uh that was my first documentary away from the horror movies and like to even when i was done shooting it i'm like this is a great no one has seen what bigfooting is like these groups that no one had really seen all this. So um, it was like, uh, it was filmmaking, but it was in a different world of filmmaking. That's the best way I can describe it. It wasn't what I was used to. And uh, mm. it uh, took me on a new journey in life. <laughs> that is really cool. That's, you know, one of the first things I noticed when I started watching um I want to say, well, it, right off the bat, you start to notice it's like, oh, he's got Stan Gordon in this. This is pretty cool. And then uh, yeah. you've got you got some, you know, you Eric Altman in there. And I was like, oh, yeah. this is rocking, dude. I, I'm loving like it's really cool. It's not just a story like you've got some some solid uh, interviews. And oh man, I love Stan Gordon. Gordon stuff is so good. Yeah. I love such Stanny. A cool guy. Such a good guy. To this day, we're good friends. He'll send me reports that are up my way. But yeah, to this day, oh, wow. he's, it was hard to get him in the first film. He was really skeptical because he's like, "Well, the dude makes horror movies. I don't, I don't want to be associated to that." And me mm -hmm. and Eric Hallman had become good friends, and he's like, "No, Ryan's legitimately just wants to make a documentary. Just can you do it?" So Stan, Stan did do it, and I think he got more comfortable with me over the next part two and three. <laughs> Gotcha. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I got to know all those guys and get to the day. We're all still good friends. It was just, uh, uh, at that time that they weren't real sure about me because of the background of all the horror movies. They were like, mm, sure. Is he going to make a horror Bigfoot movie and make our reputation look bad really? And that was never my intent ever, you know? And I, I would say, you know, from, from watching the films myself, it's like, you were successful in portraying uh, Pennsylvania Bigfooting and really uh, Bigfoot history in that area in an awesome way. Um, and we'll get thanks. I don't want to skip ahead to the second film quite yet, but uh, well, one thing I'm curious about is why why name the films Mountain Devil? 
uh, that, that was based on what the Indians used to call Bigfoot mm-hmm. in the area. It was the mountain devil. Okay. And, of course, I got the third degree for that for a while. Like, you got to have Bigfoot in the title. You got to have Bigfoot in the title. I'm like, why do you need to have Bigfoot in the title? <laughs> like, mountain devil's a little bit more intriguing than... There's a dozen films named Bigfoot. <laughs> no, let's just do something different. <laughs> let's be a little creative here. <laughs> I was curious if it had anything to do with like uh, the Ape Canyon story. If if you've heard of, uh, yeah, I've that heard the story. Night- yeah. Okay, yeah. No, nah, it was more based on what the Indians had in the area had called Bigfoot was the Mountain Devil. Cool, so that's awesome. Thought that was just more intriguing than just saying Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes it a little little edgy too. A little edgy. A little edgy to those still. who don't know the Bigfoot lore, you know. But yeah. Um so Mountain Devil, let's start with uh the first one. Mm-hmm. The search for uh Frank Peterson, correct? Yeah. Yeah. We were kind of talking a little bit off camera beforehand, but <laughs> this is probably gonna be a um there could be potential spoiler warnings in this. I'll try not to, but you know, it, it, it's been out for so long him. now. Watch him anyways. Yeah. <laughs> watch him anyways, guys. Check him out. Um, how much. It, so it's weird because it's, it's half documentary story. It's half big footing in the field. As you said, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're filming uh, the guys going out, guys and gals going out looking for Bigfoot. There's also this underlying story that you're presenting. I found it super fascinating. Um, I, I had to know, like you're showing archival footage, uh, interviews with people current day or what would be back 2010, 2011-ish. Uh, mm-hmm. How much of that is real? How much of that is uh, reenactment, I guess you could say? So – when, when I was filming a lot of that, like I said, it was really based on the Bigfooters and what they were doing, doing their investigation. That's really what the film was. And then I heard about this case not far from me, about an hour away. Uh, this cop who was pretty much on his deathbed had told his family about this story. They were like, they didn't even know about it. it they were bedazzled, <laughs> baffled mm. by it. They never knew about it. So if a friend of a friend knew we were Bigfooting and uh, got in contact, I don't even recall how we got in contact with these people, but we finally did. And uh, the man's son, who was a cop too, he was a retired cop, um, just kind of blew, blew me off for quite a while. He's like, no, no. And I just kind of stayed persistent. See, persistence pays off. Just keep at it, right? Yeah, there you go. Hey. <laughs> hey. So... <laughs> So finally, the guy's like, I said, just let me just talk to you. I, I'm just curious. So he finally did. And I think it was kind of down to the trust issue of who these people are and what, you know. Uh, I mean, he just at that time, Google my name and he'd see all these horror movies come up. So mm-hmm. I, I explained to him what I was doing. And I had a lot of the big footers from this area go with me as kind of credibility. And uh, they didn't want nothing to do with the film, which is fine. But he told us the story and i said listen can i retell your story leave your names out and then they were kind of more open to it so i got to interview like the granddaughter and uh and the guy's friends and all but they were real reluctant to say much so it took Mm -hmm. a lot of like interviews and a lot of time a lot of phone calls so a lot of that i just kind of wrote down in in journal and typed it out and kept it all so sure these people didn't want to be on camera, none of them, which I understand. Small towns, you know, it's, they don't oh, yeah. want to be known as the Bigfoot people and get the finger pointed at them and stuff. And right. so I, I just kind of kept it all on a binder of everything we talked about and did interviews on. And finally, I just kind of broke it up as interviews. And I just got actors to kind of reenact what we did with these people. And they were okay with that. Uh, they did show us some things, film real. Which I kind of looked at. And we all kind of looked at it for quite a while. They even they let me borrow it. I had it, the film converted to you know an MP4 and a uh, video file, so we could really look at it. And uh, we were able to use some of it because I told him I will not show the whole thing, and I had to show him everything. 
So we had to reenact some of the film footage in there to kind of okay. overlay with theirs. To this day, after looking at that footage several times, several hours of looking at it, having everyone look at it, no one knows. No one can come up with a definite answer. And like my deep down feeling is that it, it really looks like uh, a mange bear that really got messed up in the head. Ryan, weird thing. So this yeah. this show is weird because during important parts, yeah, the internet gets wonky. So okay. do you mind going no. back a, a few seconds and repeating? Because I think I missed something really. We were talking about you looking at the old footage and you noticed maybe something in uh, in a certain part. Um, parts where they think their grandfather had shot this Bigfoot. I'm kind yeah. of giving away the ending, but the movie's been out for years now. If you haven't seen oh, it, sure. yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so what makes it that moving makes on here? Like, see it more. <laughs> <laughs> so so like I said, most of the film roll, I, I got to use some of it. Like I, I kept it on file and I told them I would not use the parts that uh, they asked me not to. So we kind of had to reenact that stuff, which is fine. But looking okay. at the f- the file or the film repeatedly. To this day, I, I don't know. And like I said, I had all their big footers here from Pennsylvania to look at it. We kind of shared it, but we couldn't share it out beyond. Like it couldn't become widely known. You know what I mean? Couldn't show it all. To the, they just want to keep it small. Don't tell everyone about this. We'll show it to you. I showed them the final product and they were fine with that. But to this day, after looking at the, fi- the film or the file, I don't know. To this day, I, I think it was a... a a mange bear, possibly. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah. okay. So, in the fi- sorry, listeners, it's going to get super. Go watch the film, anyways. Just do it. So, <laughs> in in the 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 end of the film, yeah. the, it's like you're watching seventies uh, footage, right? Mm-hmm. So you're saying right. some of that is real. Yeah, yeah. Some of, like when they're driving up to the house or the camp. Okay. Yeah, that, that's the real stuff, and them in the in the camp. Yeah. Yeah. And I can actually show you where the cut is. If you ever want to look at it, I can show you this is where we started because we wanted to keep it authentic to what they were doing. And like we were just kind of replicating the part of the film we couldn't really show. The. The. The Bigfoot on the ground is Mm -hmm. obviously fake, right? Right. For the film. Right, for the film. But what Obviously. you're saying is that you've seen an original 70s film mm-hmm. that had something like that in there, but you're not sure what it is. Yeah. But you Correct. you saw it. Yeah. Whoa. I saw it. And it wasn't long. It's like they had the last part of the leader of the film they used up, and it was probably as long as what I have in the film. Like, it wasn't much seen. To this day, That's I don't know. Wild. I don't know. I don't know. Who and else then, has uh, seen? Uh, most of my crew here that filmed okay. with, films with me, yeah, they've seen it. But like, family didn't want that like out out, and he's like, you can show some. Like, it took a long time to get trust to say, I'm not going to put you in a film where you know it, it ruins your reputation in any way. Because these people were had you know jobs in law and, and government jobs and oh wow they just didn't want to be out there you know what i mean i just so, uh, have the, a feeling that that's bigger than you think it is that foot probably. i just i just have a i have this weird yeah. feeling that you saw a piece of film that's bigger than the patterson gimlin film and then no one will ever see and like no. but we, we'll never know we'll never know that's wild um, man well, there's been photos up by in my area the, the Jacobs, uh, the Jacob photos of what I think was a bear or a Bigfoot sitting and eating not far from me. But if you look at those pictures, those look like it looks like a mange bear. I don't, I don't know how else to, I don't know how else to explain it or look at it. But people this day think those were Bigfoot photos. I'm like, mm, you really gotta mm. look at this stuff, you know? Yeah. Not to be the skeptic. I'm not, I'm like, I'm not completely, I'm a hopeful believer. That's the best thing I can say. I okay. am hopeful. It I is like possible it. that there's a creature out there that we haven't 
got all the information on and i hopefully it's out there till i see one i probably won't fully believe it you know what i'm saying I, i'm I the gotcha. first to say ah, oh, that's probably this or it's that you know but we had stuff happen during filming of mountain devil i can't explain i, I was just explain. about to ask you i was like i oh, gotta yeah. ask you you're out there f- filming for a long time going out mm-hmm. with these guys and gals yeah. and everyone did you have anything that made you be like oh what's going on oh here? yeah to this day yeah. I, I have we have i have one major incident that i cannot explain at the time when we i we were filming it was near clearfield pennsylvania which is near a small town named rockton and at that time mm-hmm. they were having bigfoot sightings like the the girl in the film she actually claims to this day she's seen this thing run across the road a lot of those interviews were not reenactments like the bar owner and the, the one girl and they're escaping my head. It's been years now. Um, sure. But those were all sightings from the Rockton area, which wasn't, which, which was literally an hour away from where this, this family lived, this other family that was the Frank Peterson story. So it all is in a driving distance of this. If there's Bigfoots in the area to be in that area, correct? So, Spent, I spent a lot of time up in the Rockton area because that's where all these sightings were being seen. All these wood uh, uh, stick houses were being found. Oh, yeah. Um, so one night we were out there about midnight and there was we were back there far enough that no one's going to bother us. There's a gas well road. And if you walk down in, there was a nice clearing down below. So we sat out there around midnight, me and another guy, and we're like just sitting there and then we have wood knockings like i'd say 30 yards away oh man so i turned and did a couple knocks and then it heard it again but it was probably even closer so i said to the guy with me i said do you have your gun he's like no i thought you have your gun i'm like no oh, i don't no. <laughs> and at the time i'm like okay Let's sit real still because that was the first time the hair on the back of my neck was sky high. Ooh. And uh, we started having rocks thrown at us and they weren't falling really? out of the sky. Yeah, because we were in a field. I'm like, well, oh, they're not man. falling out of the sky like acorns or what have you. These things were coming through the trees. You could hear them coming right, right over my head. Now it's about two o'clock in the morning. We're far from anything, people. There's no kids out there screwing with us on four wheelers or what have you. And this thing starts walking. There's kind of like a ridge in front of us walking across that ridge. You could hear it. I've never been like scared, like literally scared. I'm like, what the hell is this thing? And at one point it, uh, it stumbled. You could hear it stumbling, like it tripped on something. And then it got up and you could hear walking like step, step, step. And after that, the wood knockings were done. The rock throwing was done. So um, like a couple of weeks later, we had a, a big group investigation in the same area. And another group of the people that were with us had experienced rock throwing. Now up in there, there's like fencing for the deer to keep them out mm-hmm. of certain sections. And these rocks were coming through and hitting them or hidden behind them on these, these fences. So you could hear ta-ting, ta-ting. We're out in the middle of nowhere. There's no one out there screwing around with us. If unless they want to drive really far and waste their time in the middle of the night, I don't know what chuckles I'd get out of it. (laughs) But that was like the biggest thing I've ever seen or kind of been a part of that actually scared the hell out of me. I'm like, what is that? Because if it was a bear, you, you, you would hear grunt and make more sounds and you'd hear more footsteps. Usually bears aren't going to trip on something either, you know? And they don't throw rocks. <laughs> they just How don't. big were the uh, the the rocks that were uh, getting? Yeah, nice, you, nice think? size. You know, okay. they weren't huge, nice. but yeah. enough that they were. That that was the the one night. I'm like, yeah, pack a gun every time, every time. Yeah, uh, was that in the? I'm not really super familiar with uh, Pennsylvania geography. Uh, was that in the Chestnut Ridge area at all, or? Um, we're kind of up north and more to the west. Okay. But if you follow the Chestnut Ridge from down below, like bottom of Pittsburgh, 
mm-hmm. I guess the West Virginia, that mountain range comes all the way up to where I am. So that's pr- oh, we're probably okay. at the peak end of it. So one of the biggest theories we always had was, are these things moving up and down this the Chestnut Ridge? I mean, we're probably at the far, mm-hmm. far end, and and the theory always was that bear, or you know, Bigfoots are kind of like bears; they move where the food is, so they're they're constantly sure. going up and down this this mountain range, and that would make sense where we're at because we keep going at this point. You're almost up into New York, where's a lot mm-hmm. more sightings of these things. So, is are these things traveling up and down this you know this mountain range? And we just kind of stumbled onto a few that were in that area. Now, at the same time, we had uh, uh, these uh, wooden hut structures were found. I didn't personally see them. Another group of Bigfooters did. And there was like a bunch of them, like these little wooden huts that were found in the middle of the woods. They went back to look at them again, and they were gone. They were like kind of destroyed Mm -hmm. in some sense. That is really interesting. Uh, This chestnut ridge is such a weird area. Oh, to this day, they, they, it's it's nonstop because I'll talk to Eric Allman or, or Stan Gordon. They're like, the phones don't stop. Like these things are, it's oh, just a hot people zone. calling in and and yeah. telling them about stuff. Really? Oh yeah. man, yeah. If you want to come to Pennsylvania, that's the place to go. If you if you want to do any investigating, Chestnut Ridge is it. So, I'll, I'll tell you, like. um Last year, we had driven out to uh, my parents are out in New England. We were coming back for some for some weird reason. We decided let's go to, let's go through Pennsylvania. We went underneath south of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and so we're driving in this area. I was like, man, this area is the weirdest. It, like it's just <laughs> weird vibes all over the place. And I was like, where are we? And I was like, oh my goodness, we're in the Chestnut Ridge right now. It was like yeah. weird vibe city. I was, yeah. More bells were going off in my head. I was like, we are in something weird right now. And I was out oh, there. It is Chestnut Ridge. Weird Pennsylvania yeah, area. It's a weird yeah. place. Yeah. They, they get UFOs. They get Bigfoots. They, it's just like the little triangle of weirdness down there for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have any theories about uh, why you think it's so weird down there? Not really. It I, <laughs> might be all the I don't either. Moon shining. And I don't either. <laughs> the the mountain <laughs> ranges, or I don't I don't know. Just uh, yeah. uh, the biggest theory of uh, there's like a train that runs. There's a lot of train tracks that run up through there, so they think a lot of sure. food because a lot of deer won't ever get hit by the these the trains oh, that go through. Yeah. So those deer are dead on the side of the road for like a day, then they disappear. Are they? Is that just a source of food? You know. Totally. Uh, yeah, that's a good theory. It's yeah, it's kind of like they know there's going to be something. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. That's a good theory. Um, Mountain Devil Two, the search for Jan Clement. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a such a. It's so cool. So, like, right. I love a good mystery, and it's it's nineteen seventies Bigfoot mystery. Uh, you can read the book. Mm-hmm. The book. Well, before we get into it, so I'm sure you've had to summarize what this film is about. Like, how it, there's so much in this one film, but how do you how do you summarize it down to like? You know what I mean? It's it's wild, dude. Um, summarize it. I, I don't know. It's a the hunt for the truth. Who wrote the book? I don't. You know that was really one statement line yeah. about that movie. You know who wrote it? <laughs> was it real? If you you know, I'm sure you've read the book, but that book came out in like '76, '77, and if you read it, it is to the T about bigfooting. It is like, so what, good. It's so good. Like it's like how did he know? whoever the author was of that was Bigfoot behavior. Cause even back then we really didn't know much and the internet wasn't, didn't have all the info it does now. But exactly. if you look at that book, I mean, it's to the T of such Bigfoot behaviors. And that was in the seventies. I mean, it's such a good point. Cause it's like the guy couldn't just, whoever wrote it, couldn't just get on the internet and just be like, copy, paste, copy, paste from all over the place. Right. Like, or watch two seasons of finding Bigfoot or whatever and all that jazz. And like, 
that wasn't a possibility. And oh man, yeah, you can get it. Uh, it's on. Uh, you can get it on Kindle. You can, if yeah. you have Kindle Unlimited, you know, it's it's a free thing. Like, it's wild. Uh, I think they're up to edition four now or something. <laughs> it's a <laughs> good print book. number four. But, yeah, yeah, that's what uh, it's. Uh, that was one of the first books I read that I I was intrigued. Like, actually, that book, the creature, um, I read back in two thousand, and I thought we should do a documentary on this book. That's pretty interesting. So originally mountain devil was supposed to be based on that book. Okay. But when I, I, I uh, reached out to the publishing company and they just said, no. So it just kind of, Oh, got they declined. The really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was about 2011. And uh, he's like, oh, no, wow. we're not interested. So I, I threw it to the side. So and Mountain Devil became what De- Mountain Devil is, you know, it was a completely right. different film. So fast forward almost 10 years later, I'm like, I was interested in doing another Bigfoot film, but you know, what do you do? I mean, I, n- I never wanted my filmography to be Bigfoot, 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 Bigfoot films. I just don't, you know, sure. <laughs> a little creative. <laughs> let's, let's do a few different things. You know, I don't, right. Let's don't, let's clean out some files one day and that book fell out. I'm like, Oh, we gotta look at this book again. Yeah. So I, I, I got, back online trying to figure out you know who, who's running the allegheny press who put it out and it was a man by the name of john tomeco mm. so there's no phone numbers no nothing so i wrote a letter wow. <laughs> i got a letter back <laughs> that's awesome yeah old school letters imagine that totally. right yeah. yeah at the at the time he wasn't he he, he was still alive then and uh, his daughter was in charge of the publishing company, and she was more open to the idea of you. You want to okay. do a film on this, so that was our door in, you know. So it's it's a very very cool story. I'm gonna try to summarize it a, a little bit. It's about there's a book put out in the '70s called The Creature, and it's pretty much a gentleman who has this. He's in this cabin. And he starts to become friends with this uh, Bigfoot creature. And it's just really interesting stuff. Like they're, you know, he's giving apples. uh, There's uh, uh, staring interactions back and forth for hours. There's even a part when the the creature comes up to him and um, almost like kind of gives him a little E.T., like a yeah. finger tap type. That's yeah. that's what I thought. I was like, oh, it's like ET. This is crazy. Um, but uh, and then they they just be they almost have this like friendship going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is so interesting, and I really liked how you put Steve Cole. You had Steve Cole's Squatch Detective yeah. in there. That was cool. Because it's like yes. half the thing is you're trying to figure out who the guy is that wrote this book, and everyone's got their own theory. And like mm-hmm. you're talking to Lauren Coleman, you're talking to Steve Coles. I was like, this is so stinking good. Yeah, it's amazing, Steve was dude. the first one. He was one of the first ones. I'm like, I gotta get a hold of Steve because he did uh, his own podcast on the book. So I wanted mm-hmm. to get his ideas and stuff. And uh, he, Steve has a background in in like investigating, right? Like, private investigating so him and i had a long conversation about it and like he has his theories i have mine <laughs> i won't tell anyone anything <laughs> so uh, i probably I will like, by the time we're done <laughs> <laughs> well we'll see um uh, okay one thing i want to ask you is this film i think could not have worked if you had used any other type of bigfoot mask than the one that you used where is that? That is an amazing thing. I think it's right there. If I can point right there, oh, it is, is it really? Yeah, I got it on the sitting there. That's that's it. Yeah. Wow, perspective makes it look really small. It is. It's way back here. <laughs> okay, it's way back. Yeah. I was like, it looks like a little mug. <laughs> yeah. No, I kept the head. I I uh, cool. came across this guy that made these Bigfoot masks, and I'm like, can you make an old one? He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, there solves that problem. <laughs> like looking at this guy, 
it's like, oh man, this is literally making it right now. It's like, and like the mouth doesn't move, but it's just, it's, it's super cool. It's, I just had to like uh, say it was good the job eyes. on that. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I always thought the eyes of it just kind of said everything. And like, it wasn't going to cool. talk in the film. So the eyes had to say everything, you know? Oh yeah. And it worked. Yeah. It worked for yeah. sure. Did you ever get to, uh, uh, come across a copy of the creature from the seventies. Did you ever were able to track one of those down? You do. I have the first, a uh, first copy and I have, uh, it's signed okay. by John Tomickle from Allegheny press signed it for me. Why would he sign it? If he didn't write it though. Uh, I asked Ryan. him to sign it. I asked him to sign it. So you oh, sign okay. it because <laughs> it's, it's a first edition. And I, I knew <laughs> this has been a journey. So sign it. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you sign this as the publisher and definitely not the writer? Right. <laughs> <laughs> which which was great. Like when I got the letter back saying, Hey, we'll talk about the film mm -hmm. and what you want to do. So, you know, I talked to his daughter and I said, Listen, this only works if I can really interview John. The, right. You know, your dad. And she's like, yeah. Well, my dad's like, I think at the time he was like eighty seven. Wow. I said, Can and he was in Erie, Erie, Pennsylvania. So I'm like, okay. can I come up and just interview him? She's like, I'll get back to you. So it was like a week, two goes by. I'm like, so this isn't going to work if we don't get an interview from him because we, yeah, he's the one that found the book, put it together, what have you. So finally she called me. She's like, yeah, you can come up and interview my dad. And we set up a day and I go up and he was just, he was so tickled. He, he, you could tell he was just ear to ear smiling about mm. being interviewed and, and like telling me the stories about how, you know, how he found the book and how about the writer and this and that. And, and uh, he went, and it's in the film, him telling me that extra part of the story that no one even knows about is him and this writer went back to the spot, which is in the film. And uh, he's like, I'm going to tell you something that's not even in the book or I haven't told anyone really much about. So he tells that story, which I'm like, I'm ear to ear smiling because I'm like, I got gold here. This is gold. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so I'm like, thank you. And I, I took off and I said, we, we haven't even started production or doing much of anything with filming. Cause it was still like half winter out. So we go and shoot the whole film. And I think I was like maybe two months. And at the time I was sending him stuff, keeping him updated through email. And I sent him a, a poster we did, which was a replica of the, of the book cover. And it said Mount Delta yeah. two on it. It was like a complete replica of the book cover. He just loved it. He was just, happy mm. and joyful as could be and uh one day i was at work and uh his daughter texted me and said my dad passed away oh. and uh we were like i was about two months away from it done and i literally had talked to him a week before and said mm. we're almost done buddy i'm gonna send you up a dvd or within a month oh, and uh he ended up passing away never got to see the finished film yeah that's really so that was like yeah that was like the biggest oh. bummer but yeah. I, I I don't know if maybe he thought this is my chance to tell the story about the creature, the book a little bit. And I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I was heartbroken. I was like, I, I kind of was doing it for him too. Cause it was his published book. You know, I don't know if it was his book, <laughs> but um, you know, he had control over it and, and uh it was just really sad. He kind of put a damper on it. Thank goodness you were you d made the film when you did, and you were able to because it it wouldn't have that that documentary would not have worked if he was. I mean, you said yeah. it yourself. He gave you info that wasn't in the book at the end. Yeah. Uh, man, that makes it that makes it even more amazing. Uh, you know, I love a good documentary story, and. This is a this is supposed to be a, a big compliment, so hopefully take it as such. But uh, have you ever like I really like King of Kong because it's got a great story. I don't know. Have you ever right. seen that documentary? Yeah. Yes. King of Kong. Yes. And I, I put yeah. yours right up there with it, man. Like it's oh, so thank good. Thank you. Thank so you. So good. Uh, there's, there's if you haven't seen King of Kong, go watch it after you watch yeah. Mountain Devil. <laughs> Mountain Devil Two is kind of like the one that sits dear to my heart compared to the other two. It just you know, we went through so much to get it made and uh, it, it was just kind of weird how mm -hmm. everything folded out. You know, it's 
Yeah. Film is almost done. He passes away. Uh, uh, wow. Another person that we interviewed, he died. Um, I'm drawing a oh, blank, wow. and I'm a horrible person. Um, but like two people died while we were making the film. Oh man. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, but uh, you know, we we do our best what we can on a low budget. Like like we were talking about the outfit and costume. Like we barely have any money to make anything, so it's nickel sure. the dimes to put together the best stuff we can. Bigfoot costumes are expensive, and you to go rent one they're expensive and they've been used in a dozen films so um right. you know we'll try our best on bologna sandwich budgets <laughs> and i think that's also what makes the mask that you used special because you're not going to find you're not going to see that in any other bigfoot movie slash no. film ever it's no. only in mountain devil too that that is very cool and the biggest question too is like you know in the movie we're trying to find out who really wrote the book which we never really come to a conclusion but if you watch the film it kind of points in a direction but uh you know was the book true that's the biggest question i mean there's so much stuff in it that's bigfoot 101 from back in the 70s but there's parts of the book that are pretty uh-huh. far-fetched too so i kind of stayed away from those parts just because there were just a few in there i'm like eh, it kind of loses its credibility a little bit with some of it gotcha and i'm sure you know which parts i'm talking about there's just a few in there just mm. yeah a little bit um yeah i also want to point out to listeners that the way i've been describing the film as it's kind of like uh all uh like happy-go-lucky there are some there's some parts in there that might get a little rough for for little kids. So maybe watch right. like maybe watch it before like I know some families listen to this. It gets a little like you know, nothing crazy, but I'm like right. uh you know what like um I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, I might as well. We spoil yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's true. So <laughs> yeah so he <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to get into this. Um, nah, I'm not going to. Sorry, guys. You got to no. watch it. Right. Uh, <laughs> so here's the thing. With uh, with John, and, well, I want to know what your – I'm going to ask you what your theory, your theory is, even though you might not share it. Or who do you think wrote the book, rather? Um. I'll put it this way. This okay. is the best way I can put it. When John was telling me that story about him and the writer, and they went and looked for the body one more time, and yeah, that was was never in the book, and uh, tells me the story. And at the end, I'm smiling, and all I wish he would have done was just winked at me. That's all I wanted him to do was just wink at me, and I was waiting oh, for it. I'm man. like, come on, man, and he didn't do it. Oh, wow. So that kind of tells you what I think. <laughs> um, I just, it was just like that climax story. And I'm like, just give me a smile, a little wink or something. Like, I'm t- I took you yeah. on a great adventure. I hope you enjoyed it. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, it's a little similar to what I'm thinking after hearing what you said is so. John is pretty much entrusting you with this tale and he knows it's close to the end of his life. And he's Mm -hmm. like, this is how I'm interpreting it. Right. And he's like, this Ryan guy, he's legit. I'm going to give him my last copy of the book. I'm giving it what I was holding on to Ryan, take Mm -hmm. it. It's yours. Uh, I think that if he was the actual writer, he would have told you a hundred percent. I, I just think he would have done it. So I don't know. I don't, it's tricky though. It's yeah. tricky. Yeah. Cause but, Steve calls is like, Steve lays it out. He's like, okay, the guy was divorced. The guy was an earth science teacher, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. I'm like, geez, Steve went to town on this. <laughs> oh goodness. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of compared the book, the creature to some of his other books and the writing is very similar in style. Mm. Not unless 
whoever the other writer was gave him just a box of notes and said, here's my story. You put it together. Like he, he did say that in some way, but so did John take this guy's story and put it in the correct format? I don't know. It's a possibility. But yeah, Steve kind of went to town and probably this, this, this happened. There's your guy. <laughs> yeah. Boom. But it's funny, Game like I've interviewed, I interviewed other people and they're like, I don't know. Like, like a lot of the arrows point in that direction, but a lot of the well-known Bigfooters are like, I don't know if he really did or didn't. I feel like and, this and, is a thing where if you're a Pennsylvania Bigfooter, everyone has an opinion on this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. not a definite yeah. answer. No. Right. And it's like if you know the story, then you're in like this this cool Pennsylvania Bigfooter club type thing. It is. And it's sad yeah. how many people didn't know about the book when I was doing the film. I'm like. Why don't you know about this book? Like it was like I, you would think that's like one of the biggest Bigfoot books out there. It was written back then. You don't know about this? I was really surprised. So hopefully, I gave the book a new life when we did the film and like kind of maybe jumped their sales. I don't know, but uh, I was kind of sad by that. I'm like, you got to read this. In fact, I'm so there were a few movies documentaries that I love. Uh, just because of niche Bigfoot stuff. And if a person mm -hmm. is like, oh, I love this. To the, and I'm like, okay, you're cool. Uh, In Search of Bigfoot, Robert W. Morgan from the 70s. Yeah. Drumming for Bigfoot, Henry Franzoni, the 90s, Mountain mm -hmm. Devil 2. Oh, I'm thanks, adding man. it to the list, dude. It's wild. Thank you. It's wild. Thank you. Um, Man, it's, so, it, it's, it's, it's cool. It. it the biggest like the whole thing's kind of sad but it even makes me feel i don't know sad worse later like when the film did come out and it was like on amazon whenever i'd get messages from people saying this made me cry so much <laughs> i was so wow. sad this is great really but it made me cry yeah like i had i don't know how many messages saying this was oh, a man. tearjerker i was thinking this was going to be a bigfoot you know mountain devil type of film and it made me cry <laughs> i'm like it is a tearjerker. I'm sorry. One of the last shots in that is like a, uh, the cabin foundation. Uh, that's not the actual place, right? No, it was it was just a okay. rundown cabin that was near okay, the area. Cool. Just kind of okay. used it as a reference of. Uh, I don't think anyone's really cool. pinpointed where the cabin was. I mean, they have some ideas, but. I know Steve did a lot of research down there and just couldn't pinpoint exactly. Called the and the cabin was called the Diggins, right? The Diggins, yeah. So weird. Yeah, I mean, we were down there for a Have few the... days, and it, okay, it's such a vast area too. I mean, <laughs> but it's near the Chestnut Ridge. You know it's what I mean? That alone, adding it in, makes yeah. it even crazier. And it's that like, is? oh, I could totally see this story happening in the Chestnut Ridge. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And the, and here's the thing, too. If John wrote it, he was from Erie. Mm. He wasn't really in the Pittsburgh or Greensburg area. Right. So how did he get all this info about? I mean, if I mean, yeah, I guess there was newspaper clippings back then, but not in great detail. And to the state, Chestnut Ridge is still active, and this whole book takes place in Chest near the Chestnut Ridge. Strange. It's wild. Yeah. Since this film has come out, has there been more info that you found, or have people maybe contacted you after seeing the film and like, hey, here's a little piece of info uh, you might uh, want to know, or anything like that? No, <laughs> no, nothing, okay, nothing. cool. Other than people, you know, messaging me saying you made me cry, and uh, and uh, that was a real heartfelt Bigfoot film. Uh, no one ever said, "Hey, I got a piece of info you might want." Usually, when I'm done with a film, I am done with a film. I don't want to do any more with it. It's if it's locked and done, and it's shipped off to the distributioner, I'm done. <laughs> You're like, that's it. Yeah, too late. The film's done. I don't know what you want to tell me now. <laughs> Should have told me when we were if filming. If listeners, if listeners to this have more information, 
do you want to hear? Send, send to Stan Gordon. <laughs> send it. Send it to me too, because I kind of yeah. want to know. But send it, Stan. Stan first. Stan Gordon yes. first. Stan I need to have Stan on. Uh, oh, absolutely. But I, I kind of want to know too. So send it to bigfootsightedgmail.com. Yeah, just let me know what you find later. <laughs> oh, so you do want to know? I, well, I mean, if it's something pretty good, yeah, pretty juicy. Oh, but... you might, you want to make what would you call it? Mountain Devil Two Part Two. Point, two point five. <laughs> Reloaded. <laughs> Part do, <laughs> do that'd be good stuff. Um, yeah. Oh man! And then Mountain Devil Three: The Bigfoot Invasion. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about Mountain. I don't even have to say it, but yeah, tell me about Mountain Devil Three in your own words, Ryan. I want after two was so. Like the heartfelt family movie, I guess. I'm like, really we gotta was. do, we gotta do 180 because you can't do the same film. No, you just can't. So I said we're gonna go in the other direction of bad B movie possible, and everyone's like, really? I'm like, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be great. It'll be like the cheesy B movies from the 60s, and we'll just do it over the top of these UFO and Bigfoot invasions. We'll make up these weird stories and just have fun with it. And that was my, I just kind of wanted to get back to like a little bit of horror movie stuff and just make Mm -hmm. a good, just a fun movie. But there were so many stories here in Pennsylvania about Bigfoot and UFOs and aliens happening at the same time. I mean, there's a whole list of stories. I'm like, that's great. We can hit on those and that'll be the documentary part. But in between, we'll just tell these wild, crazy stories that have no truth to them whatsoever. I said, I just want to make a fun bloody monster movie and that's what i did it was this it's not the peak of my filmmaking i know that <laughs> but i'm like let's just do one more bigfoot more mountain devil movie we'll just make it fun you know it, it's fun <laughs> so you can't take it serious like, oh i said the costume is no. horrible it was absolutely horrible i'm like oh, well let's just make it cheesy b movie style and that's it's just that's really what it. it is yeah yeah. But I will say you have solid interviews in there. Yeah. yeah. It's it's half fun, cheesy, 50s, but kind of horror-ish. Like, it gets rough, not for little kids, but, like, you also yeah. have some really solid interviews uh, with uh, with Bigfooters in there. And I'm like, oh, this is okay. I'm, I'm still I'm still digging it. Um, yeah. Stan Gordon still in it. I don't think Stan, Stan was happy with that the, one, but yeah, he's like, I was yeah, ask, uh, I was like, you didn't tell me it was going to be like a cheesy B movie. I said, yeah, you wouldn't have did it, right? And he's like, probably not. I'm like, well, I, I had an old interview with him, and I said, listen, it's just an old interview with you about the UFO stuff. Can I use it? And he's like, yeah, go ahead. And then he saw the movie. He's like, eh, <laughs> it's not my favorite Mountain Devil movie. I said, it's not my favorite <laughs> either, really but you funny. know, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny stuff. Oh my goodness! But there are what? good interviews in there with some great stuff, though. I mean, no, oh, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. What What is your? Uh, do you have any personal thoughts about uh, the whole Bigfoot slash UFO phenomenon? You know, it's crazy. Some of those stories, it's hard to ignore. Like, is Bigfoot yeah. interdimensional? Because like a lot of the investigations we were doing, there were reports of lights in the woods, like these balls of lights floating around. It kind of mm-hmm. bounces. That goes from Mountain Devil 1 all the way to Mountain Devil 3 about those little lights. I'm like, I remember right. us talking about them and people seeing them. I never seen them. But is it possible he's just an interdimensional thing that shows up and disappears? I don't know. The biggest thing that always intrigued me was when people find footprints and these footprints go off and off into the woods, and then they just disappear. Disappear. Yeah. 100%. How do you explain that? You know, know. and people have reported, you know, seeing the Bigfoot, seeing UFOs, seeing balls of lights at the same time. I mean, there's some great stories in the film. Uh, Eric Allman gave a great story that uh, I never heard of, but I mean, Mm. um, I can't remember the guy's name offhand, but the the one guy who... uh, worked with the people doing therapy saying uh, the one guy said um, he had seen a Bigfoot and 
he was taken up on a ship and then he's seen himself as an older person. I thought that was interesting. Wow. So the, are they all connected? I don't know. Hmm. It's hard to take serious, I guess, because it's such a Star Trek-y, far-fetched thing. But actually, it would surprise me is Stan Gordon and I were talking about, it, and Stan's leaning more towards that way. Well, Ryan, I would I would agree with you a week ago, week and a half ago, but uh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> I'm all I'm gonna say is over the last few days, all bets are off, buddy. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. right. I don't know. I don't think I don't think anyone knows, but no. future listeners will have to look through history books and figure that one out for themselves. But even down Chestnut Ridge, they're seeing a lot of lights, these small balls of lights floating. Oh, really? Yeah. Like they can't. Oh, man. You would think maybe it's gas from the ground or something. There's some scientific mm-hmm. reasoning behind it, but moving really fast and going up and I don't know. At this at this point in life, it could be. <laughs> yeah, it could be. It could be, dude. UFOs, uh, aliens. Who knows? I all I know is if I see the mothership, I'm running towards it. <laughs> You're gonna run towards it. You're gonna take, take over me, and start flying here. it. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Uh, you think there's gonna be ever a Mountain Devil four? Uh, or is this the trilogy? Uh, I've been playing around with the fourth one in mind. Mm. Um, okay. Like I said, I don't want my filmography to be right. Mountain Devil, Mountain Devil, Mountain Devil. But um, you have a lot of other films, like a lot yeah. of different horror films. So I don't think I think you could do a Mountain Devil four, and you you could still you know people. I'd be okay. See you the big um, yeah, I've been I've been doing a lot of ghost investigations with a, a group uh, up in New York. Oh, okay. Who, uh, are, they're all Indians, or their their background, you know, their ethnicities. Uh, uh, and uh, we were talking about Bigfoot the one day, and they have a lot of stories. And even, you know, up in the New York area, and they were telling me a few of them. I'm like, oh, my God. And the Indians really, really had believed in Bigfoot and, and had interactions with Bigfoot. And some of the stories they were telling them, I'm like, I've never even heard these before. I'm like, mm, might be an angle for a Mountain Devil 4 is, uh, you know, what did, the, what did the Indians think back then or, or to I this like day, it, really? Yeah. You know, I love it because there's the there's uh, the little the little Bigfoots they used to talk about too, um, the ones that yeah. used to steal apples, and I that's the names escaping my brain. But I mean, there was just so many different stories. I'm like, that's a full movie almost. The Albatwitch. Oh yeah, yeah. Something yeah, because like that. that's a Pennsylvania thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little Bigfoots that would it. steal apples. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so I'm like, that could possibly be a part four. I got so much on my plate right now. I don't know when I'd get to it. Have I got a weird question for you? Mm-hmm. This is this is uh, this is not Bigfoot, but we talk about other cryptids sometimes on this. So, being a Pennsylvania person, a Pennsylvania native, mm-hmm. what are, do you have thoughts on the squawk cryptid? Have you ever looked the, into the squawk? The squawk. The squawk. Um, you know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I really haven't All looked right. into it. Yeah. Oh man. Um. No, nah, I really. All right. All right. I should look into it more. I don't know. You should. You should, should make an amazing uh, squawk movie. No one has made a squawk movie yet, dude. Well, I, I'm in the process of making a film called uh, Folklore and Legends. That might fit well in there. I'll have to look into oh, that. Oh yeah. More. Okay, so it's yeah. like a folklore legends of Pennsylvania or? Yeah, anything, like all these little stories about like uh, anything from lost treasures to um, train robberies to like weird creatures no one knows about. And oh, just, nice. just the weird stuff of Pennsylvania. Yeah. I like yeah. That. So that might fit in well. Yeah. You just gave me an idea. Yeah. I'm writing that down. <laughs> well, I mean, it is, it's the year of the squawk, uh, Ryan. There's actually. Squawkapalooza is coming up this summer. And oh, where are they having that at? Are you going? No, I live in Iowa, so I'm not going. Um, but if you're out in the East Coast, you totally should. Uh, I might. <laughs> Do you know how many Bigfoot events we have around here? Like, like I could have a full book it's a of lot, year. right? Oh my goodness, yeah. Um, it seems like, especially down by uh, the Greensburg area near Chestnut, they have 
it seems like every other month they're having one. Wow. It, it, they're uh, just all over the place. Squanacapalooza is August 22nd, 26th, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. So, oh, that's not far at all. Two hours. Hey, you got it, man. <laughs> I have the, it's just, I got to cut back on stuff. That's how much stuff we have scheduled. It's just, I'm going to ask you one more question. What are your thoughts? Do you have any thoughts on uh, Dogman? Uh, I think Dogman is kind of a hybrid of a Bigfoot. I think it's just a Bigfoot, just a different breed really? of Bigfoot, perhaps. Yeah, I don't. Ooh. I don't think it's a dog changing into a person or what have you, okay. or vice versa. I just think people that see Dogman are just seeing a form of a Bigfoot that just kind of a different breed, maybe. Mm. One that doesn't eat as much. I don't know. They, they're that, big in Ohio. Uh, true. Yeah, they are. They they really yeah. are. Is that theory based on anything that you've encountered during your Bigfoot years, or just something that you know? It's just it's interviews I've done with people, and okay. if they said they've seen a, if they see, uh, they'll say I've seen a Bigfoot, oh, I've seen a Dog Man too. I'm like, well, what was the difference? Well, they kind of mm-hmm. looked the same, and they walked kind of the same. One just had a longer face, and they're basically two creatures doing the same thing. So why isn't it just the same creature, just maybe a different pedigree, you know? Hmm. That's really interesting. That is really, but yeah, really interesting. They, or the dog man, there, there's quite a few people that claim to see them up this way, but they're not the ones I go run into. Like, I'm like, gotcha. yeah. And like... I'm not dissing on the Bigfoot community. I'm not. But, I mean, you got to really read between the lines when you get an investigation or a report come in. Like, uh, I'll start asking them questions. If I don't feel like they're all there, I'm not wasting my time. And I'm not trying to judge anyone. I'm really not. But um, right. um, it just it, it's this field and you get all types that come out who've all seen Bigfoot. And I'm like, well... Tell me your story. I'm like, well, why didn't you do this? Or what was going on? Oh, you were drinking. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you didn't see me. <laughs> you just got to feel through them. Almost got to do like a therapy intervention report and see, are they cognitive to know what they saw? You know? Oh, I, I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. So yeah, I'm not dissing it. I'm just, you got to be careful with the reports you get or who you talk to and, I've heard some wild stuff, especially if you go to conventions or something. I've been there and there's always those people who come up to you. I got, I've seen a Bigfoot. I'm going to tell you the story and they'll be there for two, three hours telling you stories. I'm like, Oh, I love that stuff. Oh, that happened. That happened to me at Crypticon. It was the best thing ever. Oh, I loved it. Really? Oh, I, I dig that dude. I talk to people every week for fun about Bigfoot. <laughs> That's kind of my thing, right? You like the like, abuse. I love you? that stuff. <laughs> Huh? You like the abuse. <laughs> it's I, I love it. It's so much fun hearing people's story. Dude, um, it comes back, it comes from I some of it is I used to drive Uber a lot. I would mm-hmm. get the best stories from people, not Bigfoot stories, but I would get crazy people in an Uber car will just start yeah. talking about anything. Anyways. Um I can only imagine. Right? Oh, you, you don't want to know. <laughs> Maybe, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell it on air. That's a different book, right? <laughs> That's a different podcast. Uh, Ryan, this has been super fun chatting with you about. Uh, I'm just gonna call it the Mountain Devil trilogy. How about that? That um, works fine. Yeah. That works. All right. Yeah. So, how can people uh, keep up to date best with what you're doing, and what is the best way for them to watch Mountain Devil that helps you the most uh follow our facebook page legend hunter films follow me on facebook ryan cavallini um we do have an instagram page you can follow us on there um you can buy our films at the legendhunterfilms.com if you want to watch any of it um amazon has all the films up right now i believe and also i think tubi is running most of them right now i lose track of the vod stuff because it comes and moves and Right. But uh, definitely, I know they're on Amazon, so you can always check them out there. But if you want a hard copy, just uh, you can get them off our website if you want a DVD copy. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on tonight, Ryan. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to watch it and, and uh, listen to me ramble for an hour. I appreciate it. (laughs) Good stuff. I'll talk to you later. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to Bigfoot Society. If you like the show, please review and rate it five stars on iTunes. Hit the share button and send this episode to all your friends on social media. Subscribe to Bigfoot Society wherever you listen to podcasts. It doesn't cost a thing. Pick up a Bigfoot Society shirt or enamel pin over on our Etsy page and people will tell you all about their Bigfoot sightings when you wear it. At least that's what people tell us. That's what happens. If you'd like to become an official member of Bigfoot Society with a membership card, a community of like-minded individuals, and extra content each month, then please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by going to www.patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. Thanks for listening.